This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Mental Health Moments, hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe, and brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Since this is the first episode, I wanted to start by diving into what I think the show is about, what I hope to accomplish, and some of my personal experiences with mental health. So, you're asking yourself, is he as handsome as he sounds? And the answer is no, I absolutely have a face for radio. But in all seriousness, let's get into what Mental Health Moments is all about. To me, Mental Health Moments is designed to really shed some light on how much mental health and mental illnesses impacts all facets of life. What I mean by that is mental illness is something that impacts everyone, directly or indirectly. So I wanted to set out and find as many people as I can willing to talk about their own experiences and maybe just do some good in the world. Now that I've got those things covered, I wanted to take some time to shed some light on who I am as a person and my own mental illnesses. So who is Phil McCabe, you ask? Someone who instantly got uncomfortable talking about himself in the third person. But aside from that, I am a technical producer right here at 105.9 The Region, affectionately known as Fix It Phil. I am responsible for the production of many of the station's weekend programs. But beyond that, I'm just a 28-year-old who spends way too much time talking, which is why radio is just such a perfect fit for me. For what it's worth, I have zero formal training into the best practices to address mental health concerns, but I am overqualified to listen to anyone that wants to tell their stories, and that's what I plan to do with this show. The reason I've separated describing myself and my own personal experiences with mental illness is simple. The things I carry with me do not define who I am. Hell, I don't introduce myself as, Hi, I'm Phil McCabe. I have an anxiety and I need validation. Which brings me to those experiences. Although I have never been diagnosed with anxiety, I have no doubt in my mind that is something I deal with on a daily basis. APA.org defines anxiety as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. People with anxiety disorders usually have recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. They may avoid certain circumstances just out of worry. Now, although I can't speak for other people and how it manifests in other people, based on that definition alone, I definitely experience blood pressure increases. Beyond that, for me anyway, it varies, but the common symptoms for me include a feeling of weight on my chest that I just can't shake. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I've never really been the person to experience your stereotypical, like, breathe into a paper bag anxiety attacks. But the reality is, I don't really know what constitutes a full-on anxiety attack. I know that I've had them, and in the interest of full disclosure, and this being a podcast about mental health, I thought I'd share one that I had that was really bad. You know, we talked about the symptoms a little bit earlier, where there was the heightened blood pressure, the feeling of uncomfortability, the weight on my chest. All of those things were there, but they were there in tenfold. The weight on my chest felt like it was a sumo wrestler. The general sense of uncomfortability was you'd swear I was at a loved one's funeral, just how uncomfortable and wanting to get out of that moment, but knowing that I couldn't. And it was just a vicious cycle of emotions, a vicious cycle of feelings. And one that was new compared to other bouts of anxiety was I couldn't catch my breath for whatever reason. Uh, Perhaps it was that imaginary weight on my chest manifesting itself in another physical fashion. But I, I could not catch my breath. I felt like I was short of breath. I felt like I couldn't move. I felt like I couldn't do anything because my 
brain was telling me, no, we are locking it down. We are staying right here. And further to that point, I was actually at work when this happened. So I sat in my cubicle with people walking up and down the halls, having a great time. This was uh, before the pandemic of 2020. So there was lots of people in the office. But I was sitting in my cubicle and I'd swear my brain was telling me that, no, you don't need to go ask anyone for anything. You don't need to say anything. Just stay here. Just lock it down and stay in this cubicle. This is where we are safe. This is where we are protected. And obviously, from a logic perspective, why would I be feeling unsafe or like I needed protection in my own office space, in a place that I hold near and dear, surrounded by people that I care about and that care about me? So it was a very weird experience for me because anyone that knows me knows I'm an incredibly social person. And the the reality was I felt compelled to just sit in solitude despite everyone walking by, despite the people there to help me. And perhaps I'm not alone in that feeling of needing to be in solitude, needing to close my bubble to just above myself. And again, this was before the pandemic, so it's not like I was using social distancing as my reason. There was no logical explanation, but my brain was telling me this is what I needed to do in the moment. And that's what I did. Now, out of the gate, I talked about my uh, anxiety issues, but I also mentioned another thing that I believe is a mental health thing. And correct me if I'm wrong, anyone out there in the internet and radio world is I have a a general need for validation, whether it be just getting a compliment on a job I've done, whether it be my girlfriend telling me that I've put on a nice outfit, whatever it might be, that sweet, sweet feeling of validation is something that I will gladly admit that I crave, not necessarily on a daily basis, but it is something that definitely makes good days better and makes worse days worse, if that makes sense. Now, I don't know how common the need for validation is or if it has a technical term. I just make jokes that I need the validation and say things like, oh, sweet, sweet validation. But I did do a quick Google search. And frankly, there was hundreds and hundreds of articles about the need for validation, about how to overcome that feeling and need. There was so many different articles that I couldn't possibly narrow it down for you. But that said, if you were in need of help in figuring out why you feel the need for validation, why those things happen. Obviously, the resources are out there somewhere. And if you're interested, if you want someone's helping hand, by all means, reach out to me and we can take that journey together. We can figure out, hey, why is it that I need someone to tell me I'm doing a good job? If I had to guess, if I was a betting man, which I'm not because I I feel like I would like gambling too much and I just avoid it altogether. But I digress. If I were to wager as to why me personally, Phil McCabe, has a need for validation, there's many factors that I think come to mind, whether it be the presence of two older brothers, as well as both of my older brothers having best friends that we spent copious amounts of time with. Like, I'm talking our mothers are still best friends to this day and see each other on a weekly basis. And I was the youngest of all of those. I was always looking for the older brothers to think I was cool. I was always looking to be included. I was always looking to be involved. And that didn't really happen until I was much older, until I was much cooler, for lack of a better word. And I feel like that played into it. You know, there was always a little bit of bullying. There was always that kind of, oh, get out of here, little brother. You're you're annoying. 
there's no need for you here. And that sort of, I feel, kind of pushed me to want people to be like, okay, yeah, Phil's a good person. Phil is someone that we want to be around. Phil is worthy. And another part of that, I'm sure, comes down to all the bullying I experienced through uh, elementary and high school. And I'm not going to dig into this too much because I think that that would make a great topic for another day, uh, bullying as a whole and its impacts on mental health. But I know my own experience anyway. I had a lot of people bully me. Um, those of you that don't know me personally, I have cerebral palsy on the uh, left side. I believe it's called hemiparesis. I could be wrong, but that's why I'm in radio and not a doctor. But bringing it back to a mental health aspect, I think those constant oh, Phil can't do this, and poking fun at that, and uh, just a bombardment through my formative years of not being good enough, of being a freak, being the odd person out, being the outcast in general, I believe is a factor as to why I have a need for validation now in my 20s. Again, I'm not a doctor, I'm a radio person, so I could be way off, and if there's any doctors or psychotherapists or psychiatrists, whomever might tackle this subject... By all means, let me know. I am always down to be informed on what I'm saying wrong and how I can improve it for the future. Now, wrapping up this little conversation about my personal need for validation, and again, if anyone experiences similar symptoms, by all means, reach out to me, and I would love to have a conversation with you about this. But for me, how this manifests physically is I have an anger that builds up when people speak to me like I am less than. For whatever reason, the idea that someone has spoken to me as if I am less than them, less than human, less than a dog, it doesn't matter. It drives me up the wall and brings my rage to like a, a 12 out of 10. I'm sure there's a logical explanation as to why that happens. I don't have those answers. I'm just a guy facilitating a conversation in hopes that other people facilitate the conversation back. I'm not sure if that's how the word facilitate works, that I can use it in the same sentence twice. But regardless, I'm just talking about how I feel, how it physically manifests in me. And I am always looking to talk to other people. Anyway, that's enough of me for today. Coming up in our next segment, we have a person who's developed a following of several million people. She is a star on TikTok, and she's going to talk about how having the several million followers has impacted her mental health. More mental health moments coming up. If you want to share your mental triumphs and tribulations, contact us at info at 1059theregion.com. More mental moments right now. Hey there and welcome once again to Mental Health Moments brought to you by 105.9 The Region. I am your host, Phil McCabe. Now, when the pandemic first started, my next guest has gone from your average young adult to someone with 11.8 million followers. She's affectionately known on TikTok as Call Me Chris. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you for having me so much. <laughs> I know the show is about mental health, but I thought I'd break the ice with just a, a light question. Do you have a nickname for your following? I when I had a college radio show, I called them fillers. I don't know. <laughs> I actually, I actually don't. I um, I know that my followers always like have suggestions for me what to call them and stuff, and I'm just like, it feels so like I don't know. I don't know. I just I haven't I haven't gotten any nickname yet. I yeah, feel like that's something that will days. come naturally to you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Full disclosure, there was one TikTok of yours that really jumped out at me as a reason that I wanted to talk to you, not just because of uh, your previous experience on what she said. Um, there was one where you posted of yourself laying on the ground and you talked about depression and anxiety. So I, I wanted to ask you, is that something that you felt empowered by or did you kind of feel 
oh, maybe I shouldn't have dropped my guard like that. How did that make you feel? I mean, I, I've, I've uh, touched on mental health before in my content and stuff, and I think it's an important topic to talk about. And I often post those kind of things when I'm honestly not doing that great myself. So I, I, I do feel more empowered by doing that kind of stuff because I, feel, I find it, it helps other people at least not feel as alone because I know in that moment I was feeling incredibly alone and then my dog just happened to come over and, and comfort me, which he does all the time, which was really sweet. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's just an important topic to talk about. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, it was kind of perfect timing that your dog showed up at just that moment. It was, it was destiny that that happened. We touched on the top about how you, uh, how you have this massive following and how it's developed very quickly. Do you feel that now you've got this 11.5 million, perhaps even more while we're recording, do you feel almost pressured to continue making content or are you still enjoying what you do and the followers are a reward? Like how, how does that work for you? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a little bit of both. Um, I mean, I never expected to get this far. I never joined TikTok to become like quote unquote TikTok famous or anything like that. Um, but as my following grows, I definitely feel more pressure to put out um, more content and more quality content and stuff like that. But at the same token, I am still really enjoying myself and I'm still trying to stick to what I like doing and I don't feel pressured to do certain kind of content. So I think that's where I'm still, I'm still doing really great with that. It's just about like finding a balance with posting on days maybe that I'm not doing so great when I probably shouldn't be posting or something like that because I've posted every single day since I've started, which was like seven and a half months ago or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, I gotta, I gotta still like figure out that balance. <laughs> well, like you said, you only started seven and, a half, seven and a half months ago. So it makes sense that you're still figuring those things out. You're still kind of learning how to be not just Chris the person, but call me Chris, the, the online personality. I've never actually looked at your comment section or, or the feedback that people give you. Do you find that it's generally positive? And if there is some negative comments, how, how do you address that? Um, honestly, I, uh, I try to go through as many comments as possible. Obviously, it, it takes a long time to go through mm -hmm. all of them, so I can't dedicate all my time to that. But from what I see, for the most part, I'm pretty blessed in the fact that I get mostly positive con or, uh, comments. Um, but when I see anything negative, which it, it's usually along the lines of like women are funny or like just something like that, it's just like I, I'm at the point now where I just brush that kind of stuff off. And half the time, those people are actually following me if I click on it. So it's, it's to get a rise out of me or to get me to comment back or something like that. So I got, and that's something I figured out along the way. And it's just like, you just can't give them the time of day or anything anymore. So, yeah. No, and that makes perfect sense. I, I know anytime I've engaged in some kind of online conversation, I, I lose that line of where someone's just being a troll and right. where they actually feel that way. Um, yeah. Now, just kind of a, a follow-up to that, do you find that with your content, it seems to be a, a very positive environment in the comment section? And, you know, do you take pride in that or is that something you've not really thought about? Yeah. No, I definitely do. I, I mean, obviously, uh, I don't like revolve my, my life around what the comments are saying. I do like to just make mm -hmm. what I like to make, but I find that majority of my comments are uh, mostly positive and it's, I think it's mostly just because I do 
pretty relatable, like family friendly content that not many people can bash unless they're saying things like you're not funny or something like that, which is fine. It's just like, it's just boosting me in the algorithm if they're <laughs> commenting Absolutely. on my stuff. So I'm like, well, thanks for stopping by. Keep on scrolling. It's fine. Like it's not for everybody and that's totally fine. But I find that I, I by not posting super controversial kind of stuff, it kind of keeps my comments more positive. <laughs> Oh, and absolutely. It's hard to be controversial with uh, your bit with the the child and the mother. And yeah. Even <laughs> your dog. Um, actually, to that point, this isn't really mental health related, but now that I've got you, I'd, I'd like to ask these questions. Do you have yeah. one of your characters that like you, you enjoy doing more than others or do you enjoy them all? I, I honestly enjoy them all. I know that a lot of people enjoy like my mother and daughter, daughter like the Boston mom and the toddler character a lot. So I, I have a lot of fun with those, I, I, I'd i say, but even doing like my dog or something like that, it, it's all fun. Like I honestly have fun doing everything or chat or whatever. <laughs> like it's just fun to escape from myself, I guess, which <laughs> comes back to the mental health stuff probably. <laughs> well, and actually that's a, and that's a good follow up there. Good segue there. Do you find when you're doing this content, when you're in the moment of of creating content, of being Boston mom or Chad or 12-year-old you pretending to be a vampire, that <laughs> it, it's almost therapeutic for you to to forget about the, the nonsense of the day and jump into this thing 100%? Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely. And it, I mean, everybody copes differently and everything. And I, I uh, my outlet is definitely being more creative and trying to help other people laugh and make myself laugh and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely an outlet for when I'm struggling or anything like that. I find it helps a lot. <laughs> okay. And bringing things back to mental health, I wanted to ask you, since this adventure started, since you've developed these millions of followers, how is the, how have you, the person, Chris, been through this? Do you find that, you know, doing this is helped you in your mental health adventure or has it been kind of taxing at times and you you are you're trying to juggle excuse me all these things all at once um it's definitely been both before I started TikTok I uh I was probably going through like the roughest time I've ever been in in my life I was I was at my lowest and um, I started TikTok and quarantine happened I had to close my doors for my job and everything like that and then I found TikTok, started posting, and um, I was just having fun, and I started to get a little bit happier and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then I started to blow up, and then I uh, started to feel that pressure, and I'd say I kind of spiraled a little bit. But then since then, I've since finding more of a balance, and I'm finding this is really what I love to do. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a really positive experience so far for me. But I still need to keep my mental health in check. That's for sure. <laughs> like I, I need to do check-ins with myself and where I need to say like, okay, am I posting this because I want to post this or am I posting this because I feel like pressured to post this to make sure that other people are happy, not that I'm happy and all that kind of stuff. Right. It's, it's the people pleaser in me. I'm just like, I just need to make sure everybody else is good. Uh, you talked about sometimes maybe feeling pressured to to post it because you've got the following and what have you. I get an ego trip when I get, 60 likes on a, a Facebook picture. So how do you, Chris, the person, handle the the kind of ego that comes with that kind of online presence and how fast it's grown? Or is it something that you don't even really think about whatever you're posting fun content and that's what matters? 
Yeah. And of course that's what matters and that's why I do it. I just, I just have fun and, and, but it comes with this following and everything and the new friends I've made in TikTok, it's, it revolves around your life, basically numbers, which is, I, I don't like, and I don't like focusing on numbers and all that kind of stuff. But if a video doesn't do as well as another video, it's, it's very hard not to be hard on yourself, even though you can blame the algorithm or you can blame whatever or me being on like, Oh, it just sucked. And I shouldn't have posted that or something like that. So it's, it's, it's really hard not to be hard on yourself for that. And I know that a lot of other creators struggle with that. Um, but, uh, I've found now that I, I try not to focus on the numbers at all, as long as I'm posting something that I'm proud of and that I like, I'm just like, it might do really good and it might not. And then there's always tomorrow. And like, this is, it's, it's not the end of the world, but I mean, I'm preaching that right now, but obviously in the moment it, it does, it does suck. Oh, <laughs> That's absolutely. for sure. And I'm sure everybody experiences that, right? You have a video do really well and then you have one with like a couple likes and you're like, well, <laughs> what did I do wrong or whatever, right? So yeah, I'm only human. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. And there's got to be almost humbling that you've been able to to turn this fun thing, this therapeutic thing into something that literally millions of people enjoy. I know in the process of booking this interview and talking to some of my closest friends and loved ones, I had five different people tell me how excited they were that you and I got to talk just because Aww. of, you know, videos like Tiny Hands and <laughs> silly things that have been therapeutic for yourself and just a a nice little sprinkle of fun throughout the day for other people. Um, now, last question before I, I let you go, because I, I understand you're a busy person. If there's one bit of advice you want to give to someone that's looking to create content like yourself, or even someone mm -hmm. that's experiencing one of those, quote, bad days, what would you mm -hmm. want to say to them? Um, with, if they're ma wanting to create content and everything like that, I just, like I was saying before is that you, you have to make sure that you're posting content that you want to post. And, um, I know a lot of people that, that post stuff just because they feel obligated to, or just because it's the trend or, or whatever. Right. But, mm -hmm. um, and then not base your worth or anything off of the views or, or likes or anything that you get, because at the end of the day, it's, you have to check in with yourself and everything. But I find that just posting stuff about my life and posting stuff about my past experiences, even when it comes to mental health or whatever, it, uh, it's really enlightening to see other people enjoy that kind of stuff or relate to that kind of stuff. So I would just say, um, yeah, post, post stuff that you care about and, and the people that care about the same kind of things are going to be the ones that follow you. And, and yeah. Now, thank you for joining me. I, I really appreciate it. Um, if people want to follow you, do you have other social medias aside from TikTok or is it just TikTok? Uh, no, I'm also on YouTube with the same name, Call Me Chris. And then I'm on uh, Instagram, uh, but somebody had, took Call Me Chris. So I'm Call Me Chris underscore four on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that four is a bit of a deal breaker. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. People no. shouldn't even follow me on there. It's fine. <laughs> the whole thing's ruined. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate this. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that about does it for Mental Health Moments. If you would like to be a guest on the show or you just want to share your story, either publicly or anonymously, you can contact me at phil at 1059theregion.com or you can reach out to info at 1059theregion.com. Until then, I close with You Are Loved. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 1059 The Region. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. 
Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.